You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. We welcome back Tyler from his little bit of a hiatus while he was getting married. How was it, Tyler? Oh, it was great. It was a beautiful day and uh, glad to be back here to talk more football. Oh, I bet. Well, let's talk about some football because uh, it seems like a, a lot of people are triggered over an Alabama-Clemson rematch, third in the last four years. I guess you can say of the last four years, if you want to count the semifinal. But uh, I think this game is uh, turning into an actual rivalry now between Clemson and Alabama. What do you guys think? I mean, what are your thoughts on this rematch? I mean, Derek, are you going to be watching this? Oh, yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's the two best teams. I mean, they, they proved it throughout the playoff. Uh, I'd say they kind of proved it throughout the year. I still don't know either one of them played anybody too terribly tough. Outside of maybe Alabama playing Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, but, you know, it, I still think it's probably the two best teams. They played great. Uh, it should be a fun game. Like, every time these guys play each other, it's a fun game. So as much as people don't like it, they don't like the fact that they played so much in the past three or four years, they're still going to watch because it was they've been fun games every time we've watched them. Tyler, are people overreacting about this rematch? 100%. I, I- I am psyched to watch this game because, Derek, you brought it up. The last three meetings were incredible football games. Um, You know, the two national championships came down virtually to the last play both times. I mean, this game on paper should be another great classic college football game. I mean, this is everyone feeling like their conference, their team isn't getting a fair shot. And the reality is, Clemson and Alabama have just proven that they are better than everyone else. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that uh, there needs to be a lot more parity in college football. Uh, Do you guys think that maybe we need to fix college football, create rules, regulations, or what have you, to create more parity, Tyler? I, no, I don't. I mean, I think college football is great for the way it is. And for these people that want to talk about parity in college football, I, I, I really want you to think of an era in college football that there was great parity. I mean, in the 90s, it was basically the Huskers in Florida State. Um, you had Florida in there a little bit. 80s, you had Miami dominate a lot of that decade. 70s, you had Nebraska, Oklahoma, um, 60s Bama. I mean, it's just what decade, what era in college football did you see this great parody when every year a different team won the national championship? Because I don't recall that time in college football. It, it's always been a top-heavy thing, whether Nebraska was on top or now that Alabama's on top. It, it's just the way that college football works. It There'll be a new team eventually that arises when Nick Saban retires, but I, I think college football is great the way it is. I don't think you need to go start messing with it to make everything fair. Get better. Get better coaches and be better. Look at where Clemson was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. They can You can rise up if you get the right coach and you get a guy who can play. Do you agree, Derek? Uh, absolutely. 
You know, even, Tyler, you mentioned the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You go even to the 2000s, it was USC. Nobody was ever going to beat USC, remember? They were just the greatest thing that's ever hit Earth. They were just above and beyond everybody. So, I mean, this happens every every so often. It just happens. It seems like every decade, like Tyler said. Now it's Alabama's turn. And, and look, Saban's 67 years old. I don't know how many years he plans on coaching. Uh, I, I don't see him being around for too much long. Maybe, what, three, four more years, and he decides to go out? I can't imagine he's going to go much more than five years anyway. Uh, you know, and he's going to start He's going to start slipping up a little bit, I think. Dabo Sweeney, I, I don't know how long you can keep it up at Clemson, but, you know, Clemson was on a third, what, 30-year hiatus before they finally started being good again. Uh, and, and Alabama, even even before since they've been good, I mean, they went on a probably good 20-year hiatus before they were really good again. So I mean, it just happens. It's just, it just that's the parody of college football. It's not year to year; it's decade to decade more, I guess. So, would you guys be opposed if they tried to institute uh, rules in there to create parody, or I mean, or would you be open to possibilities, Derek? The, the only thing I would be happy to see them try and change, besides going to an eighteen playoff, which this year wouldn't have fixed anything because. Alabama and Clemson were going to be far better, the best teams, no matter how many teams you had in that playoff. <clears throat> However, I think most years the eighteen playoff probably could have worked well. But the only the only rule change I would probably be okay with is fix the scheduling. Quit letting the SEC uh, schedule like the Citadels and the Georgia Southerns in late November. Uh, make make them schedule somebody tough on the road. Make them play nine conference games, or either the Big Ten needs to Big Ten, uh, Pac twelve, and uh, Big Twelve. They need to stop playing nine conference games. Which, whichever route you want to go with that, everybody plays the same amount of conference games. Everybody plays uh, at least somewhat of a tough non conference schedule. F- fix the scheduling if you want to fix things. If, to me, anyway. Tyler. Well, I, you know, I've heard that, and I, I think I wouldn't be opposed to that, you know. But what I will also say is, if the SEC wants to play a bye week every November, that I don't really care. I don't watch the SEC that much. What pisses me off is that they're not penalized for it. You needed a committee to go in there and grow a damn spine and say, you know what, you play the Citadel. That doesn't count. You you basically might as well not even count that as a victory and penalize these teams. Like the if they're gonna do this, there needs to be repercussions. And this isn't talking about Bama. This isn't a bat Bama's bashing session, because Bama of course deserved to be in the playoffs. But like the fact that Georgia was in this conversation, the fact that there are so many teams in the SEC that get elevated by doing this is bullshit. And and you know, I think the thing it, the, the people that want to change the rules, I don't know what rule change you put into place that is actually going to create parity. You know, we've, we've talked about the limiting the scholarships. And unless you say, which some people have advocated, that you can only sign so many five stars and so many four stars. But if you limit the number of scholarships, if you not limit this, it's not going to create parity. All it's going to do is bring the middle up so that there's a more competitive and there's probably more seven win teams and fewer eight win teams. I mean, that's all it's going to do. And Alabama is still going to be great. I mean, they're putting 
at this point in time, they're probably going to put their best recruiting class they've ever had at this point in Alabama. I mean, they're, they're going to be good. I, I don't know how you create parity unless you create absurd rules. So I, I want to add to what, Tyler, what you're saying here, because what you're referencing is, uh, what I think you're referencing, is the article by Dan Walken of USA Today. Uh, he had an article a couple weeks ago uh, titled, NCAA Should Put Dent in College Football Superpowers by Reducing Scholarship Limits. It's a great article, fascinating article. And under his plan, he talks about more than 20 players signed in each recruiting class, uh, get rid of the redshirt rule, give all players five years of eligibility. Uh, and then he has a little interesting things to do with those uh, scholarships, uh, convert five of those lost player scholarships to coaching scholarships. That way they can you know, learn coaching on the fly. I think that I like that idea. That's great. And then you can take those other 10 scholarships and redistribute them to other sports amongst the school. So 70 scholarships per team down from 85. I, I think it's an interesting thing. And I don't necessarily completely agree with you, Tyler. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, teams like Alabama, Ohio State, yeah, they're, they're probably going to get the cream of the crop, but they're not going to have that huge backlog. Uh, four and five stars to pull from when somebody leaves for uh, go pro or injury or leaves a senior. I mean, that pool becomes smaller. And if that middle, uh, if the middle teams, if they are elevated to uh, get better, well, then the whole scheduling becomes more uh, interesting for Alabama and Ohio State when they're playing a lot better teams throughout the season. And there's not as many bad teams that they're playing. Derek? Or does it just bring up more corruption? I don't know if I want to say more corruption. Does it just bring up, bring up corruption in, in the recruiting rankings? I mean, Why? What we've talked about it before about a player that might be a three-star and starts getting uh, Alabama might, might give them an offer and Ohio State might give them an offer. Sometimes they bump up to a four-star. We've talked about that before. So if we had a five-star and all of a sudden Alabama's already filled up on their five-star, maybe they drop him down to a four-star so, so Alabama could still pick him up. Who knows? No, that's not what they're talking about. They're just talking about seventy scholarships. Well, I was going off for, what Tyler was talking about 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 play about teams only being able to pick up so many five stars or so many four stars or whatnot. Well, that that that, that I, I'm not going to name the other podcast, but there's uh, other people out there that have advocated this. But you know what, what I will say on the 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 maximum amount of scholarships, Justin. What I don't understand is if, if everyone gets twenty scholarships. So if Nebraska was playing Ohio State, you're right. Ohio State may not have, you know, bring in, they'll bring in 26 four stars in the recruiting class. But they're going to we're not going to be able to bring in all those three stars. Like it at the end of the day, what's going to happen is there's only 250 300 four stars every year. Okay? Mm -hmm. They're still going those kids are still going to find their spots on programs. What's going to happen is these three stars that Nebraska and you, you know the the Wisconsin's bring on that they're not going to have a spot on those rosters and and the three stars that go to Alabama the few that there are aren't going to have a spot on those rosters and what they're going to do is they're going to go find a spot at Illinois because Illinois won't have to take those two stars because there's going to be plenty of three stars for them so that's what I mean like I don't think the top tier is going to get changed by this. Yeah, if if 
like LSU this year, they got banged up with injuries really bad. Maybe they're in a really big bind against UCF because they're playing walk-ons. But that that's really what you're saying at that point because you, I don't think it's going to affect these top-tier programs unless a really big injury wave hits them. But don't you think that level, the the distance between bad teams and really good teams, that really narrows when all that talent is being distributed distributed amongst Division One A schools, right? So those schools like Illinois, they are going to get better, which is going to make the games a little bit more interesting, and there's going to be a little bit more competition across the board. Sure, it's not going to automatically make an, a team like Illinois. It's not going to make them a great school, but it's going to give them access to athletes that they probably wouldn't have had access to, and it, the, the level of competition will just increase. But you're I agreed, agreed. I, I agree with that. But what it, I also but what I don't think it does is it doesn't affect schools like Michigan and it doesn't affect schools like Ohio State. What it does is it inherently affects schools like Iowa, Nebraska, Mi- uh, Michigan State, these the schools that are used to recruiting 17th through 24th, because at the end of the day, Ohio State, they don't go after three stars. They, they go after. I mean, they're, they're not bringing in these. I mean. I, I don't. They're not bringing in these guys that are going to fall to these bottom tier programs. They're going to find spots for these four and a half stars that they've been bringing in. They'll cut players and they'll cut people that didn't work out. They'll cut. They'll cut the bust. They're going to find spots for these elite players. Just like now. Just yeah, like I mean, now. The, the difference now is they bring on three stars to fill up their roster, and they I, won't have to do that anymore. Yeah, and, and so so these some of these players that just kind of ride the bench, you know, until you know, like in the SEC, you know, if you don't produce after two or three years or whatever, you know, they, they have no use for you anymore. These guys are going to other schools where they can contribute, right? So doesn't it doesn't everybody win in this scenario? Are you talking about everyone as the kids or everyone? Yeah, as sure. Why not? Maybe these some of the kids do. Maybe the you know maybe it evens it out, and you know unless your dream is to go play for Nebraska and you're a two star kid, now we don't have a spot for you anymore because we can only take seventy scholarships. Are, are, are we are we uh, signing two star guys in bulk? I mean, we're asking yeah. those guys to walk on. I mean, I mean we we get low or low three star kid. I mean, whatever. I mean. I just, I think these people that are trying to create parity in college football and trying to mess with scholarships are just looking at the success of a few schools and saying it's not fair that they always get the best talent. And I, I just, I don't think these are realistic things to fix it. I mean, if you want to do, if you really want to fix the problem, go to the NFL style, have a draft, one through one hundred thirty. Everybody gets to pick a player. Kids have no control. That's what we're going to do. to. If you really want to fix the problem, there you go. There's how you fix parity in college football. That's pretty damn extreme right there. It would fix the problem. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. It, it, how, how many draft days would you have to have for 130 schools? I don't oh know. But the question is, would you watch the draft? No. 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 <laughs> There's you no you definitely turn in for every Nebraska's pick. <laughs> don't, Scott don't, Frost is at the podium. Don't worry. And then the ESPN Ocho will be playing it though. <laughs> yeah. Once every six days, Nebraska will pick somebody. <laughs> be the longest sunny day period ever. 
All right. So I'm hearing from you, both of you, to leave uh, scholarships alone, right? Dirk? I, I, yeah, I, I, just, I see no reason to change the scholarships at all. So the only thing that we're talking about here to uh, create a level playing field and as I, I don't know, level playing field parity, I, I guess. But it just kind of seems, in this sense, it just levels the playing field by scheduling. Nine conference games, eight conference games, but just uniform. And I think that's something that everybody can be on board with. I, I, think, I think that's what a lot of the uh, commissioners and ADs, they, that's what they want right now. Uh, what's the way to go? Nine, eight, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and you know, you have the president of the Big Ten. You have Jim Delaney. I mean, he has the control to fix this, and he has yet to try to fix it. I mean, he says he wants to fix things to get us because he's as concerned about the Big Ten not getting in, but he doesn't want to change anything. And then I've heard, well, and I've heard, I've heard some people say, "Well, we need to change the conference title game. We need to get the two best teams in there." Does anybody really want to see like this year? Does anybody really want to see Michigan and Ohio State play two two weeks in a row? What, what what does that solve? Nothing. But you know, you, 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 you want a recommendation. You, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you how you get Ohio State in a playoff this year. Don't lose by twenty nine points to Purdue. Yeah, there's that. No, I agree, and and I I would not argue that Ohio State deserved to be in there over Oklahoma, and I think none of us really did. You know, in the last couple of days, you know, one of the things that came out that I thought was interesting on how to fix. Uh, college football and talking about the playoffs and create more parity came from, you know, a Nebraska alum, Adam Carriker. And he was talking about what they, he thinks they should do is go to an 18 football playoff committee. And they, they shouldn't announce that top their bowl season, but to do that, they need to get rid of the conference titles and do the traditional. It, it would allow you to know what conferences are, what put it in the stack rankings and really go forward. And I thought that was a really interesting take because these bowls generally mean nothing right now. And I think this format kind of allows for these teams like that UCF LSU matchup to really mean something. And you know, that all these games, and I think that would have been a really interesting take to see um, how that would affect this year. You, you know, this year would have worked out really well because the way it worked out this year, we had the number three, four, five, and seven, and I think eight team. By the by, the college playoff committee's rankings lose in the bowl games, so you know most of their top eight lost anyway. So I mean, it would have really worked out well this year because you could really mix mix some stuff up, and you know maybe you end up with a team like Texas in there who destroyed uh, who they play Georgia. Well, Georgia came back and made it a game, but let's face it, Texas destroyed them for most of that game. You know, I, I'd be really interested. I, I need to check out Adam Carricker's uh, thoughts on that. What I'm interested in is how it would work because today conferences are so much bigger than what they were. How, how long ago did you say this was? Like back in the he, he was he 80s? was talking about tradition. He, I think he just used the word traditional. So I don't know if that was. I, I don't know what that time frame was. To me, that means pre '92, pre pre uh, the. Um, Correlate, correlation of the college football and trying to make the okay. championships, but that's what my thought was. But I, I don't think he specified the time. Okay, I, I'm just curious because you know the conferences are so much bigger now, and you can send uh, multiple teams from a conference to any of these BCS bowls, I guess, for lack of a better term. 
but yeah, I, that that would be interesting. That'd be fun to watch. It'd be curious to see if uh, you know some of these guys would sit out in the bowl games, you know, for the NFL, or if they would still roll with their team to try to get them to a possible playoff. That would be interesting. Well, it'd all- be. It- well, one thing would be interesting, so, so everyone has made this assumption all year that Alabama is the greatest team in college football, and they've obviously made it to the national championship. They've proven it. But but Georgia almost made their way to the playoff off the basis that they played competitive against Alabama. What if Alabama played in the Sugar Bowl and they got upset against whoever? I'm not saying you kick Alabama out of the playoff for sure, but I'm saying that definitely changes your perspective on what the SEC is or isn't. And I just, that's the problem, is there isn't enough parity in the regular season. Like, there isn't enough top Big Ten teams playing top SEC teams. Like, that's there true. isn't, a, so you don't know which conference is the best. You kind of always play this game till bowl season, and you say, well, the Big Ten did this. They went 5-5, five and five, or whatever we did. And, and now you start saying, well, but it doesn't really count because so-and-so didn't try. It just, you never get a good idea which conference is the best. Yep. Maybe they need to do, like, college basketball where they have, like, the ACC Big Ten Challenge and, you know, get these conferences to team up and take your top versus your bottom, top through your bottom and play each other. I mean, you want to create parity. Do that for a game every year. I mean, for you tell me. If, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, or, or the NFL does that, too. The NFL, if, if you win your division, the next year you have a first-place schedule, which means your two games that are not predetermined, you're playing other first-place teams. And, and college football should never, it probably will never adapt this. But what I will say is if they did adapt this and the Big Ten winner played the winner of the Big 12 every year and the Pac-12 played the ACC winner, man, that would be some fun football in September to watch if you had that kind uh, of a lineup. I mean, that would be a great couple Saturdays. Yeah. So that, so, that makes. So your scenario, the SEC just gets a uh, pass again? Well, they, they would never agree to this because they're still playing <laughs> Citadel. So. Maybe, maybe they could go play the MAC team. Yeah. Alabama and UCF would finally have that matchup. Jeez, don't talk about MAC teams. Nebraska got beat by a MAC team. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Nebraska. Better news for Nebraska. Do you guys happen to see the Athlons? They released a uh, a top twenty five too early poll. Uh, Nebraska came in at number nineteen in this top twenty five poll. Derek, what, what were your thoughts on that? I I love it. I, I think it shows the national perception of Nebraska's heading in the right direction again. I know we had a, a terrible season for win loss record, but. You know, the, the rest of the nation outside of, outside of Justin looked at that second half of the season, seen some improvement, and, and sees where this program seems to be heading. Oh, that's a low blow, man. I saw some improvement from 0-6. Come on. Tyler, what did you think? Well, it, I think, with the Derek's point, it, it's cool to be recognized by the national media, but what I will say is I'll take this with a grain of salt because at number 19 – we were still third in the Big Ten West in their rankings. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I see the third team in the Big Ten West finishing in the top 20 in the country, but um, it, it is cool. And they had some really good points of why Nebraska's on the upswing. You know, I, I don't know if I agree that 
our running backs are going to be as good as they say they are. And Maurice Washington is going to do what Devine Zigbo did. But it, it is cool to be in that rankings. But I think it was also interesting in that article that, man, if they're right, it's going to be the same freaking four teams without Notre Dame in the play- playoffs next year. It, it, there's no parody according to Athlon. Well, you're already seeing the boost oh. of Texas because they have number te- they have Texas at number six. Uh, but you, if you look at last year's, they ha- I think they had Oklahoma up there, but they also had uh, Miami number six last year. So Miami was in the conversation last year, and they completely shit the bed. I mean, these these are way too early, and they know they're way too early. They're just taking a stab at what they see in the bowl games. So I mean, obviously we're taking it with a grain of salt because you can't take any of it seriously. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. I mean, any time that I see a, a top 25 poll come out, I kind of want to look and see at Nebraska and see if Nebraska's in there. And I was really shocked when I saw that they were. I was like, what? Who wrote this? Did Brandon Kavanaugh write this? <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my boy. So, Justin where, Justin, where would you have Nebraska ranked in the way too early top 25 poll? Uh, they wouldn't be in the top 25 if I had to poll. And maybe maybe that'll be something that we should do in this long offseason, come up with our own – uh, top 25, but I mean, seriously, would you guys have Nebraska in your top 25? Derek would have them 10. Justin would yeah, have them Derek 100. would have them. T- I, don't know yeah. I can see where you put him in top 25 for preseason. I don't know if I, I would probably wouldn't have him as high as 19. I might put him at like 25, maybe 24. I, I can see that with you, Derek. Yeah, I know. Tyler, where would you, where would you place him? I, you so, don't have to say what number. Just would they be in your top twenty-five? No, I mean how they won. <laughs> they didn't win six games. They didn't make a bowl. Like Justin, you said after they watched the bowl, they put all this together. They didn't see Nebraska play in a bowl. Like I, I don't know. Maybe Nebraska is better than we think next year. But I don't know. We don't have an insane amount of talent returning. We don't have twenty starters coming back next year. I mean, like I, I don't know how you have us that high. We we have like fifteen returning starters or sixteen returning starters, and we That's won four terrible. games. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. Great. It's not great. Sixteen returning starters. I'll take that if we can get that every year. Four win team. Well, I get it, but you have to assume there's going to be some some improvement from these guys. Come on. If we if we don't improve this year, then we got the wrong staff. Well, I'm not I mean, saying we're not going to improve. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not saying we won't end the year in the top 25. I'm just saying I don't know how you justify putting us in the top 25 when we won four games. And we have – it's not like we have – It's not about what you did starters. last year. It's about what you think they're going to do next year. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, Dirk, you got us number 10. That's cool. I like yeah, it. But, that's what uh, <laughs> Mark anyway, Eric says college football playoffs for Nebraska next year. This this is going to be an off season debate that will never end for us. So uh, let's call it quits for right now. It is a cool article, so check out that Athlons. See if you guys agree. If anything stuck out to you, but uh, it was a fun article. Lots of debate there. Uh, but it's time for last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to the Big Ten West. You know, this conference, uh, this division has been really, really tore apart this year. But look at what they did in the bowl season. The Big Ten West went 4-1. and one. 
Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa all won games. Northwestern and Iowa over ranked teams. Um, the only Big Ten West team to lose was Purdue. Uh, counterbalance to the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State all lost. Uh, maybe we were a little bit wrong about these divisions. I don't know, I'm not saying for sure, but I'm just saying a little bit interesting how everything shook out in this bowl season. Derek? Unfortunately, Purdue ruined the whole thing for all the West teams because they were the most embarrassed team in all the bowl games. They let Auburn break a record with 56 points in the first half. Yeah, that was that was bad. I'm, I'm glad I didn't pick Purdue in that one. My goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? Yeah, I was impressed with uh, – I think Iowa, they, they had an impressive win. There's a, there's a lot of impressive wins out of the Big Ten West. Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, yeah, absolutely. So kudos to them. Last call to you, Derek. All right, so after signing day, uh, the last podcast that we had, there was a little speculation on Dedrick Mills as to why he didn't sign. And uh, there's some news that came out that may have shed some light on why he didn't sign. He missed a court date for a driving under a suspended license, is now on probation in Georgia. Where in Kansas, he had already missed a court date, and I believe it was, on, it was possibly in probation there. He was kicked off the team in Georgia Tech after his freshman year. Kid's starting to sound like a, defense, uh, a discipline case. Maybe maybe the staff's starting to move in a different direction on this than this kid. I don't know. Well, I have been told from an unnamed source that Scott Frost channeled his inner Jim Carrey from Liar Liar and said, Stop breaking the law, asshole! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know where this kid stands, and, and obviously if he's disciplinary issue, we don't need him, but man, I, I, I really think we need to get another running back in here. Um, Ro- Mr. Robinson may be looking at playing wide receiver, looking at what he's doing in the All-American game. Um Man, I, I don't know. We, we really might need another running back in this class. All right, last call to me, and my last call goes out to the University of Houston because, guys, I need help with this. Uh, Houston is a group of five school, and they pulled a Power 5 coach and paid him more money to come to their school. Dana Holgerson leaves West Virginia to go to Houston making $4 million a year over the next five years. Now, Dana Holgerson, he was an uh, offensive coordinator there uh, you know, eight or nine years ago. But, guys, why would a coach ever leave a Power 5 school to go to a group of five school, one of these schools that we shit on all the time? It makes no sense to me. What, what's going on here, Tyler? Have you ever been in West Virginia? Oh, God, no. And that's only if you've been there, you get it. It makes sense. I I would leave there to go anywhere else. Oh, is that it? Okay, <laughs> that hurts, Derek. Well, you can check my stats on this, but I believe I heard a stat that West Virginia is slightly edging out Alabama for most inbreds. So that might be a big reason why he's leaving. I'm not sure though. <laughs> oh man, that hurts. All right, well, that didn't go anywhere near where I thought it would, so uh, let's just get out of here on that one. Hey, be sure to follow the Husker Cast on Twitter if you dare. At Husker Cuzcast, like us on Facebook. 
Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback, and please share our episodes. Be nice to us. On behalf of Derek and and Tyler, what's your name again? You've been guns for so long. We want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, go Big Red.